Corinthians, the 12th chapter. There's been a scripture that's been on my mind a lot the last two weeks. And it is not found in 1 Corinthians 12. But we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 12. But this scripture is found in Matthew 6, verse 21. And it's simply the words of Jesus. And where he says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, don't worry, I'm not going to take an offering right now. There are offering plates in the back. But I've been thinking about that word treasure. What is the most valuable thing that you have? What's the most valuable thing that you have? Some would say cars. Some might say your house. Some might say your 401k. Uh, if we went around the room, we might get a lot of different responses. But let me, let me tell you what I've been thinking about this the last couple weeks. The most valuable uh, thing you have, the, the most treasured item that you have, the most irreplaceable item you have, the most uh, priceless thing you have is time. It's your time. And where your treasure is spent, that's where your heart will be. Now, I could talk to you this morning. Uh, we could all come up and tell things we're passionate about. Some of you are passionate about sports. Some of you are passionate about the Kansas City Chiefs. Right? It's because you spend a lot of time there. A lot of treasure is spent there. A lot of you are passionate about politics. It's because we spend our treasure there. And here's what the Lord's been dealing with me about lately. Because I, I, I pray and I say, God, I want to be more like you. Where, am I, where are you spending your treasure, Bradley? You want to be like me, but you spend all your time listening to sports talk radio. You want to be like me, but you spend all your time scrolling Twitter or Facebook or any of the other. I don't even, that's as far as I go. <laughs> it's Twitter and Facebook. Now there's all kinds of snaps and everything else. Richets and I don't even know what they're called. Snapchat, that's one. But, but we say that we, we want to serve Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. We want to follow him. But then all of our treasure is spent on other things. All of our treasure is spent in places that are not fruitful. My phone updated this morning and it said, hey, you have spent more screen time. And it told me how, many, how much screen time I spent last week. Now, this is the only solace I took, is that I read my Bible on my Bible app. <laughs> That's the only solace I took. I read my Bible on the Bible app. But when I saw how many hours it said a day I spend <clears throat> on screen time, I'm like, that can't be right. I mean, I work <laughs> 10 to 12 hours a day most days. But wherever your treasure is, your heart's going to follow. And what's your treasure? I, I'm telling you that in, in, in the 21st century, our treasure is our time. And wherever we pour our time, our passions and our heart will follow. 
And if we spend time in the scripture and in prayer, then we will become more like Jesus. We'll become passionate about Jesus. Have you ever met somebody that's passionate about prayer? You know why they're passionate about prayer? Because they pray. You ever met met somebody who's passionate about the scripture? You know why they're passionate about the scripture? Because they read the scripture. I've already listed many things we're passionate about. Politics, uh, many different things. Wherever you pour your time into, that's what you'll be passionate about. So my challenge to you this week is to pour your treasure into the things of God. Pour that precious time. That precious time. You know, when you, you, know, you, spend, if you, if you spend more time reading the scripture, you will tra- it will transform you. There's a stat that says if you read the Bible four times or more a week, you are 240, per- 240 times more likely to share your faith. 240 times more likely. You are 70% less likely to um, be involved in sexual sin. If you read the scripture four times a week, you are, I believe it's, I don't want to get my percentages wrong. I'll pull them up for you next time, uh, or next time we get together. I think it's like 60-some percent less likely to abuse narcotics or alcohol. If you just read the Bible four times a week, where your treasure is, your heart will follow. And your treasure is your time. And if you put time into the things of God, into prayer, your heart will follow. So that wasn't all just a commercial, but it leads me to something I want to talk about. When you leave church today, there's going to be a QR code on the screen. We are setting up um, discipleship groups that you can download the app to your phone. And then you will have five uh, per week scripture readings and devotions. And then you'll be going through them together with other men or other ladies. You can, you can interact on this app. You can talk to the other people in the group. You can say, hey, I just read this scripture. What do you guys think it means? I just did today's daily devotion. What do you guys think it means? And then those groups then can get together weekly or biweekly and then talk about what they've... Uh, and it's just a way for you to spend some of your treasure on the things of God. So as you leave this week, we're going to have that up there. Pull out your smartphone, pop open your camera, scan it, and then you can get connected to a group where we will be studying the Bible, learning about Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. I truly believe that if we spend time in prayer, if we spend time in the Scripture, we will have the strength to stand in this troubled time. Amen? Amen. Amen. There is no secret formula. You know, everybody wants a secret diet pill. Oh, just take that pill and you can eat whatever you want and you'll lose all the weight. Everybody wants that. There's no such thing. The only way to lose weight, and and, yeah, I know, trust me. (laughs) I'm not the person that should be giving advice, is to eat less and move more. 
The only way to grow in uh, God is to pray and read the scripture. That's the only way. So get plugged in. Uh, let's spend some treasure, uh, some of our treasure together. Amen. Okay, that was pre-message. It's your pre-message message. Don't worry. I knew I was going to give that pre-message, so I took one of my points out of my sermon. So <clears throat> you can be happy about that. But I want that, I want that to ring. I want you to pay attention this week. Where are you spending your time? Just pay attention. It does good to track things like that. Where am I spending my time? How much time? You know, you spend time with, with Jesus, you'll, you'll become more like Jesus. You spend time on Facebook, what, you'll be better at Facebooking? Like, man, you should see how quick I can hit that like button. I mean, I can hold it and I can go from the heart to the smiley face faster than anybody. Great. Good for you. Spend time with Christ and it will pay dividends in your life. I promise you. Put, put that statistic to the test that I read. Spend four, at least four, uh, four days this week read your scripture. Yes, we should read it all every day. But go read it at least four times. Set time aside to read your Bible and pray. You will see a change in your life. I promise you. Okay. Uh, yeah, it is Mother's Day, and I'm not talking about moms today. Sorry, moms. Uh, you know, I usually do talk about moms on Mother's Day, but when you preach, you know, 15 Mother's Day sermons in a row, you run out of material. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit, uh, and so I'm talking about the Holy Spirit this week. So if you have your Bibles, I already mentioned, you can fern, you can fern <laughs> to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, Jesus told his disciples after he was resurrected to wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. And then he said, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Because Jesus knew that they needed, he was leaving and that they needed the power of the Spirit, right? He's like, I'm leaving. You need the power of the Spirit. But he said, it's beneficial. It's good for you that I'm going away because I'll ask the Father and he will send you the Holy Spirit. And so... All of the disciples, save uh, Judas Iscariot, who is already dead at this point, were Galileans. They no doubt all wanted to go home. But Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father. And so they did. And Jesus then was uh, ascended before them. And I want to tell you, I just want to mention that Jesus' resurrection and his ascension were not the end of the story. They were the beginning of the story. They were the beginning of the story. His resurrection, we celebrated it a couple weeks ago. It is not the end of the story. It is the beginning of the story. I love that song we sing. I think it's called King of Kings, where it says, Then the Spirit uh, lit the flame. Or it says, The church of Christ was born as the Spirit lit the flame. It's referencing the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and lit the flame under the church, where they literally had tongues of fire on each, rested on each one's head. The Holy Spirit came in power. Well, now we're uh, some many years later, and the Corinthian church is having uh, trouble with how to deal with and how to handle the gifts of the Spirit and what to do with it. Uh, so we're going to read um, from 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to skip... Uh, 
We're going to read 1 Corinthians 12 through 11, 1 through 11. Then we're going to jump ahead to 27 through 31. There's a, a, a the whole middle section of that chapter is Paul talking about the body, how we are all uh, members of one body. Uh, we, we've talked about that a lot here lately. We can, we'll cover it again, I'm sure, but I just want to focus in on these verses. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special uh, gifts the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when we were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the uh, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues, while another is given the ability to, to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Uh, jumping ahead to verse 27. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, our apostles. Second, our prophets. Third, our teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. Those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to inter interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Amen. Lord, I thank you for uh, the scripture. I pray in these next few moments, God, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, God, that you will uh, open up our eyes, you will enlighten our minds, God, to see uh, how, how important it is for us to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation in our life. God, I pray that you would fill us all to overflowing with your precious Holy Spirit. Baptize us, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. That's a lot of scripture that I just read you, but uh, the Apostle Paul is talking uh, to the church in Corinth about the gifts of the Spirit and how they work in operation in the church. You can read um, chapters 12, 13, and 14 are all dedicated to the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church. Even chapter 13, the love chapter that's read at every wedding, that is talked, uh, Paul is talking about how to administer spiritual gifts, to do it in love. Right? Because he says, even though I speak with the tongues of angels and men, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. He goes through the whole thing. So I want to talk to you. Uh, I just got a couple of points this morning. And here's my first one. The gifts of the Spirit are numerous and diverse. And everyone gets a gift. All of the gifts of the Spirit are important. And all bring value to the kingdom 
of God. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. Each and every one of us. Yes, even you. Every single one of us. God wants to use. We will not all stand on a platform and preach a sermon, but we are all missionaries. We are all servants. We are all called to speak to others, right, on behalf of God. We are all called to be used by the Holy Spirit. God has a gift for each and every one of you. No matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, how society views you, how looked down upon you are by others, God has a gift for you and a calling for you. It doesn't matter where you've come from, what you've done. If you pray and ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to baptize you in his Holy Spirit, he will. And accompanying that filling of the Spirit comes gifts. The filling of the Holy Spirit will be accompanied by gifts. You will be given gifts of the Spirit. You will be given gifts. The Holy Spirit doesn't just show up and leave you the way that you, he found you. There's power in the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in this life. We need it. We can't live without it. But no matter who you are, the Holy Spirit has a gift for you. The Holy Spirit can work through you, especially if people and others don't believe he can. God, it's funny because God, God tells Israel, I chose you because you were the smallest. And when people put limitations on you, that just makes God perk up. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking about William Seymour this week. Anybody here know who William Seymour is? He was the pastor at uh, the Azusa Street Mission, where the Holy Spirit was poured out in 1906. And in 1906, uh, William Seymour left Texas to go to California to become a pastor in Los Angeles. He was going there to take a church. William Seymour was a black man whose father was a slave. William Seymour had one eye and could not see very well out of his other eye. And he went, going 1,500 miles in 1906 is not like it is today. I mean, we, 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 go, we drive to Branson and I'm ready to jerk the wheel into oncoming traffic because, because it's just monotonous, the drive. Can you imagine 1,500 miles in 1906? And he was going there because he was to be the pastor of a church. And when he showed up, they said, we don't want you. You don't meet our qualifications. So William Seymour didn't know what to do. He started having a Bible study in someone's home. And then the next week, it was too big for that home, so they moved to another home. In three weeks' time, they outgrew two houses. They started having church in an old horse stable on Azusa Street. And within a couple months, they had between five and 700 people attending William Seymour's, the rejected man. William Seymour wanted to go to Bible school and he was not allowed to. William Seymour, once, once, once the spirit was poured out at Azusa, men 
tried to come in and say, hey, brother, we'll take it from here. You read about it. It happened. But from, from William Seymour being a humble man who was open to the Spirit of God. See, God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for someone who's open, a yielded vessel. And William Seymour said, God, I thought you had me come here to be a pastor, but whatever you have for me, I'll do. He was a humble man. And from the 1906 Azusa Street Revival, there are 644 million as of the 2020 census Pentecostals in the world today. There are 19,300 denominations, (laughs) Pentecostal denominations born from a 1906, from William Seymour being rejected by everybody else but God. So everybody else might not think you have the stuff. And everybody else might think you don't live up to their qualifications. And everybody else might think, oh, it's a shame you've done this or you've done that. God can't use you. But that's not true. God can use a yielded vessel. And if you will open yourself up to him, he will use you. William Seymour, uh, uh, people who knew him and they wrote about him said he was a, a humble man who had almost childlike faith. Who just would believe God. Somebody would come in this just impossible situation where we would say, call 911. And William Seymour would say, well, let's pray about that. I believe God can heal you. He had childlike faith. And he was open to the moving of the Spirit of God. God's not looking for some... You know, I want to be careful what I say here. Just because you don't have some high education. Yes, there's value in education. Get educated. Get all the education you can get. But God's looking for a yielded vessel who is humble before him, who will just open themselves up and say, God, whatever you have for me. I truly believe that if you pray that, God, whatever you have for me, use me, fill me, that he will. He will use you. He will fill you. So it doesn't matter who you are. God wants to use you. You can say, oh, I don't have time. I've got, you know, I've got this. I've got this going on. Open yourself up to God. Wherever you are, he will use you. Uh, You know, the Great Commission is go into all the world and preach the gospel. But in Mark's gospel, in Mark's telling of it, it can be interpreted as as you go into the world, preach the gospel. As you go to school, as you go to work, as you go uh, to Target, Chick-fil-A, as you go out to dinner, as you go to the grocery store, preach the gospel. Be Jesus to everybody. Treat that cashier like God loves them. Treat that waitress like they are the image of God and that God has a plan for their life. As you go into the world, preach the gospel. Be filled with the Spirit. Be open to the Spirit. Let the Spirit fill you. Listen, just because, and and the Spirit is not spooky, it's not scary, it's different. It'll make you uncomfortable sometime. God doesn't always say things to you that you want to hear. God doesn't always do things that are comfortable to you. Because if everything was comfortable to you, then you'd be God. But we cannot let our fear of the spooky or the flesh keep us from being open to the Spirit. Right. 
We cannot let our fear of Paul said you have to discern the spirits. You can't let your fear of strange fire keep you from the fire. You can't let your fear of strange spirits keep you from the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep talking about the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost. So we're just kind of laying some groundwork here this morning. What are, what are the gifts of the Spirit look like? I read them to you. Tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues. Some of the, some of the gifts, like... I don't know about you, but some people get the gift of healing and other people get the gift of being able to help people. That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) But everybody's gift is equal. Everybody's gift is meaningful and everybody's gift has purpose. And everybody's gift advances the kingdom of God. And he has given some the gift just to give wise advice. Some the gift just to help people. Man, I'm looking around. I could name some of your gifts because I see them in you. I'm not going to do it. But I know there are people in here who have the gift of helping people. I got a phone call this week from somebody who said, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a single mom. And she had, I believe, four kids. And they're all out of food. And they don't have diapers. And they don't have. And that person had spent their last dime to help them with what they could. And so our church came alongside and said, we're going to buy what else they have need of. We're going to buy their some groceries. But that was birthed out of the spirit of God working in someone. God put his spirit in someone, gave them the gift of helps, gave them the gift of wanting to help somebody to the detriment of themselves. Putting someone else above them. That's the gift of the spirit. So God gives us all gifts. So my, my, what I want you to leave here this morning is knowing that God has a gift for you. That you are called to, uh, to do something for the Lord. To walk in a gift of the Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Amen? And then secondly, the gifts are for the lifting up or the edification of the church and of each other. The gifts of the Spirit will not be independent of the fruit of the Spirit. If somebody comes to you and tells you they've got a word of the Lord for you, and then they say a lot of mean things, that's not a word from the Lord. The gifts of the Spirit will not be independent of the fruit of the Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If I come to you and I say, man, I got a word of the Lord for you, Isaac, but then I rip you up one side and down the other, then I am not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. So I cannot be walking in the gifts of the Spirit. Because the gifts of the Spirit will not be independent. Like I said, they might, when, when someone gives you a word or when the God speaks to you, it won't always be what you want to hear. It won't always be what you want to hear. But it will come through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah, but some Old Testament prophets were mean when they talked. Well, you're not an Old Testament prophet. They didn't have the instruction from Paul the Apostle, three full chapters in, in 1 Corinthians, on how to handle the gifts of the Spirit. Let love lead you. Because back then in the Old Testament, there was one person that the Spirit moved upon. Now I'm looking at a room full of people that the Spirit has moved upon. Because, because God is not 
on Sinai anymore. You are now Mount Sinai. You are now the Holy of Holies. The Spirit of God now lives inside of you. The word of the Lord will not always be what we want to hear, but it will not tear people down or be mean-spirited. The work of the gifts of the Spirit will not be independent from the fruit of the Spirit. And God does want to speak to us. I believe that. The pastor... Hal Donaldson preached to us a couple weeks ago about God wants to restore the prophetic in churches. And I believe that. I believe that the word of the Lord does need to go out, especially in this age, especially in this time. But what is the word of the Lord? We already have it. (laughs) We have the living word, Jesus Christ. And we have the written word, the Holy Scriptures. Amen? Amen. So I just had two points. I had a third point, but I knew that I was going to talk to you a little bit about uh, your treasure, our treasure, this morning. So we are going to, to do something special for the moms. But before that, we're going, to, we're going to take communion. Because as Pastor Walker said last week, that the Holy Spirit will lead you places. And he will always lead you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always lead you to Jesus. So this morning, we're going to lead you to the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And as we take communion this morning, I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up.